This is going to be a six-part series, and today we're going to do an introduction into the series. But did you know that this world is built on dreams? Everything that you see is started with a dream. Every invention, every business, every maybe website or organization started with somebody with a dream. Even our earth that we live on right now started with a dream that was made in the imagination of God before he spoke the world into being. And the word dream, there's two major definitions for the word dream. The first definition is Uh, something that happens in your mind when you are asleep and you have images or you have thoughts and emotions that happen during sleep. Uh, Most of you don't realize that you are dreaming when you are sleeping. Most of you probably never remember the dreams when you sleep. But they say on average, you have about four to six dreams every night, the average person. And the one dream, if you do remember, is normally the dream that you dreamt before you woke up. And so every one of us dreams dreams during our sleep. The second definition for dream is a desire or a goal that you have in life. And every one of us, we have goals and desires that we have in life. And maybe right now you don't feel that you have a goal or a desire in life. But when you were about six years old and someone wanted to ask you what you wanted to do with your life, you probably had a goal or a dream. Maybe you want to be a ballerina or you wanted to be a fireman, or you wanted to be a soccer player like me, or you wanted to be a baseball player, or you wanted to be the president of the United States. Maybe that was your dream. But all of us, we have dreams and goals, and I believe that God has wired us in a way so that our lives are lives that drive towards aspirations and goals and dreams in our lives. I'm a believer that God has designed every one of us with this ability to dream. Actually, in fact, there's a guy called Solomon who was once known as the wisest man who ever lived, who said this in a book that, that, that was all about his thoughts, a book called Ecclesiastes. He said that eternity is in the heart of every man. Eternity is in the heart of every man. And basically what that means is that everybody has this thing in their heart, a desire for a life after this life, a life after, you know, what, when, when our final breath is taken to be with God in eternity. That's what Solomon was saying. So I believe that God has wired us to look towards the future and what God has for us in the future. Now, most people never fulfill their dreams. While some people who say they are living the dream, any of you this morning living the dream? And no, well, sorry. But those people who are living the dream often find that the life is sometimes unsatisfying and it's not really what they thought it was. And I believe the reason for this is because most of our dreams and desires as human beings find themselves very distant from God's dreams and desires for our life. Now, I want to tell you something this morning, and if there's nothing else that you remember what I say, I want you to remember this. And this is what I want to say, is God has a plan for your life, and you don't want to miss it. God has a plan for your life, and you don't want to miss it. 
In fact, in Psalm 37 and verse 23, it tells us this. This is a psalm of a guy called David, who was the father of the guy called Solomon, who said that eternity was in the heart of every man. And this is what David said. He said, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. The Lord directs the steps of the godly and he delights in every detail of their lives. And I believe God has a plan for your life and you don't want to miss it. I I believe that the person who aligns their dreams with God's plan for their lives find themselves being the most fulfilled and satisfied people in this world. And not only that, but they also are the ones that when all this world is all said and done, whenever this world may end, history will reveal that the people who align their dreams with God's plan for their lives are the ones who made a real impact in this life for eternity. So I want to meet, I want to introduce you to a man today. And this man was the son of a guy called Jacob. Jacob was the grandson of a man called Abraham. Many of you know Abraham being the father of the Jewish faith. He, uh, there was a song that we used to sing in Sunday school back in the day called Father Abraham. And we used to do all these crazy actions and look like a bunch of fools. And we played it over and over again. If I hear it anymore, then I'm just like, get that song out my head. But there was this guy called Abraham. And he is known as the father of the Jewish faith. And he had a grandson called Jacob. Now, while Jacob believed God and he followed God, Jacob wasn't always the most what we call righteous person. Jacob was a little dishonest at times. He kind of like liked God, but then he didn't always want to live a life that was a godly life. And then one day he had this incredible encounter with God where God kind of just shook him up, shook his life, and he suddenly realized that he needed to live a life that was a little bit more better, a little bit more righteous and godly before God. And God decided to change his name. They used to do this a lot in the Old Testament. God would call somebody by a different name than what they were named. Now, for those of you who don't know my name this morning, you may know me as Alex, but in fact, my real name, and this is a secret between you guys and me, and don't tell anybody else, but my real name is Charles. And so my parents called me Charles or named me Charles, but then my father decided he didn't like Charles, so they called me by my middle name, which is Alexander. And this is kind of what God did with with Jacob. God didn't really like Jacob, so he gave him a new name, and the name that he gave him was called Israel. Israel. And he became the father of the nation of Israel. And so this guy, uh, Jacob, He had 12 sons, and each of those sons became a tribe of the nation of Israel eventually. Now, he had four wives, which I don't understand in the Old Testament why these guys had so many wives, but at least he wasn't like Solomon, who had like over 700 wives. He kept himself to a limit and said four wives. I'm like, I'm glad today we only have to have one wife. I mean, it's like, I love my wife, but four of them? That would be pretty tough to deal with, I'm sure. So he had four wives, and there was one, one wife overall that he loved more than anyone else, and her name was Rachel. 
Now, Rachel found it hard to conceive children, and so I think that's why he found all these other wives, so he could have some children. So Jacob had 10 children before finally Rachel became pregnant, and Rachel had a baby, and they called him Joseph. And then she had another baby, and then she died giving uh, giving birth to him, and his name was Benjamin. But I want to introduce you to this guy called Joseph today, because Joseph was Jacob's favorite son because he was a miracle boy. Rachel should not have been able to have children. All the other ladies in Jacob's life could have children, but Rachel could not have children. And when Joseph was born, Joseph was a miracle child. Now, one thing I know about miracles is that God does not perform a miracle just for the sake of it. I believe that God performs miracles for a reason. And and, uh, Joseph was a miracle. And that meant God had a plan for Joseph's life. And you know what? You're a miracle today. Every one of us, we're a miracle. I mean, childbirth is a miracle. New life is a miracle. And I believe God has a plan for your life and you don't want to miss it. So this morning, what I wanted to do as we start this series, what we're going to do, we're going to look at the plan God has for our lives, the dreams and desires that are in our lives. And we're going to find over the next six weeks that there are many things that come against us that try to kill that plan and kill the dreams and the aspirations in our life. And some of the things you'll be very well known to you about. But for today, I want us to look at how do we know the plan God has for our lives? How do we know what dreams that God has for our lives? So we want to just take three things this morning we're going to look at just to help us decipher what are the dreams and the plans that God has for our lives, or how can we know what plan God has for our life? So the first thing I want to say to you today is that I believe that God reveals his plan or his dream to righteous people. I believe God reveals his plan and his dream to righteous people. In Genesis chapter 37, and this is where we're going to look at today. And so if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Genesis chapter 37, we're going to read verses 1 and 2, and it says this. Jacob settled again in the land of Canaan, where his father had lived as a foreigner. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers and the sons of his father's wives, Bilah and Zilpah. And then this, he says this. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. It's very important that. It says, Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Have you ever wondered what God's plan is for your life? Have you ever asked God, hey, God, show me the next step. Show me what your plan is for my life. You probably said, if you're like me, God, I'll do anything. As long as you show me what you want me to do. And I've said that kind of foolishly because, you know, I mean, God could ask me to do anything. I mean... 
But most of us, we've asked that question of God. We want to know, okay, God, if you have a plan for me, if you have a dream for my life, then show me what that dream and that plan is. Maybe you've asked God, God, what am I going to be doing next year? What am I going to be doing in five years' time? What am I going to be doing in 10 years' time? But there's something within us, we're wired so that we want to know what's ahead. I don't know, there's people who are planners in this life. And they want to know exactly what is going to happen at every hour of the day. Otherwise, they stress out. I'm not talking about those people because they want to know everything that's going to happen. I mean, the average person, the guy who doesn't care, you know, what, you know, what time he wakes up, what time he goes to bed, and, you know, what goes on in his life. Every one of us, though, we want to know what course or plan our life is taking. But yet I've noticed through my life that there are times when God speaks and reveals his plan to some people. And then there's others he doesn't reveal his plan to. And this was the case with Joseph and his brothers. And for those of you who don't know the story of Joseph, we'll look through it over the next six weeks. But go watch like Joseph and his amazing technical dream coach. It's a pretty good musical. But Joseph had a dream. And I wonder... How many times God gave his brothers a dream, but they didn't recognize it was from God? Because Joseph had a dream, and he recognized it was from God, and he started living that dream out. So God had a plan for Joseph. And God had a plan for everyone. He had a plan for all the brothers, and he had the plan for Jacob, his father. But why was it that the Bible records that there was a plan for Joseph and a dream for Joseph. How, how many of you have ever taken a, a, like an old book of an old bookshelf? Have you ever, ever done that? Most of us have. What's the first thing that you do? Do you like just open it up and flick through it? Now, most of us, if we take an old book from an old bookshelf, it's probably got a lot of dust on it. So we take the book and we may blow like the dust off or we wipe the dust off and we wipe it clean before we open the book. And I think God is very similar to that in our lives. Before God opens up our lives and starts revealing the plan to us, I think sometimes God spends some time wiping the dust of our lives, wiping the dirt out of our lives. He kind of cleans us up. See, we don't want to open a dusty book, and often God does not want to reveal his plan to somebody who needs a little cleaning up to begin with. See, Joseph was very different to his brothers. His brothers looked out for themselves. His brothers probably had dreams and aspirations, but they were for themselves. Yet Joseph, when Joseph went out to work, this was what he wanted to do. Not what will benefit me, what will benefit my father. The brothers went out to work. They didn't really care about what benefited their father. They were all about what benefited me. And so the brothers got up to some things that they should not have been doing. Joseph was what we call a righteous boy. He did things that were right before his father. And his life was about benefiting the father. Now, we believe that God is God our father. And I ask you today, is your life about benefiting 
yourself or benefiting the father. Joseph's life was about benefiting his father. And is your life about benefiting yourself or is it about benefiting the father? Is your lifestyle pleasing to God? And does your decision making center around what does God want for me? For the father first person is often the person I believe God reveals his plans and his dreams to. May not happen tomorrow, but eventually, if you live a life that is Father first, God first, God will eventually reveal his plans to you. And maybe, I'm not saying that this is actually the, maybe the, uh, or necessarily the case, but maybe God has not revealed his plans to you because he's still trying to wipe the dust off the cover of your book. Maybe God hasn't opened up your life and giving you direction yet, because he's still trying to wipe the dust off your life. And our question should never be, and I used to ask this question all the time, God, what do you want me to do? But I've discovered God doesn't like that question. God doesn't answer that question very well. I don't think God even answers that question. Sometimes I ask God, God, what do you want me to do? And it's just like silence. Heaven is silence. But I believe instead of saying, God, what do you want me to do? The question should be, God, what do you need to do in me? What do you need to do in me? See, we're so concerned in wanting to know what does God want us to do or what should we do in our lives. But God's saying, hold on. You're not ready for that yet because I still want to do some stuff in you. So the question should be, God, what do you want to do in me? Second thing I want to share with you today is this. God's favor is not always fair. God's favor is not always fair. Genesis chapter 37, verses 3 and 4. It said, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest. They just couldn't say a kind word to him. So Joseph was loved by his father. And he was his father's favorite. And I think it's funny in life, we think that God is supposed to be a fair God. We think that, you know, that God should just share the blessings around with everybody. But the reality is, I don't think God's very fair. God is a just God. He won't like, he doesn't like injustice, but I don't think God at times is very fair. Just look at our world. There's people out there who love God dearly, who are helping others, but yet they're starving, they're sick, and they may be struggling. And then there's people who just live this life for themselves and they have got no, uh, they've got no desire for God at all, but yet they seem to be blessed more than anybody else. Now, do you think, I don't think that's very fair. But God may not be fair, but he is just. Now, for those of you guys who are dads, Fatherhood 101 will tell you this. Don't have favorites amongst your children, right? Your children will catch on pretty quick. 
How many of you have ever had your child say, you don't like me as much as, you know, their brother or sister? I mean, it happens all the time. Like, they're your favorite, not me. I used to say all the time, and it was actually true. I really think that my sister and my brother were favorites. But anyway, I was a middle child. I have middle child syndrome. I've got a lot of issues to work through, so, you know. But Fatherhood 101 will tell you, don't have favorites amongst your children. But yet, Jacob obviously didn't read the book, Fatherhood 101, because he had a favorite, and that was Joseph. But what I've discovered during my life is this. Just because somebody is blessed or seems to be God's favorite, it doesn't mean we should envy them. And the reason for this is because we do not know what tough road is ahead for them. We don't know what tough road is ahead for them. See, Joseph was favored. Joseph, it looked like, had everything going for him. He was his father's favorite. He was this righteous man. And it's like, well, why is Joseph blessed? But yet, I guarantee this. None of Joseph's Joseph's brothers, if they knew what was ahead for Joseph, would have ever wanted to swap places with Joseph. They would have, maybe they were jealous because Joseph got a coat from his father and was favored by his father. But if they had known what was ahead for Joseph, they would have been like, you can take your coat. You can take being daddy's favorite. I don't want your life. There was a a guy in the 19th century. His name was C.T. Studd. He was a man who was born to a very privileged society. Born in England, he went to a school called Eton, where like the the uh, the princes go. William Harry, uh, William and uh, Harry went, and very privileged. Uh, had a wonderful education. Went to Cambridge University. He had a life where he had everything going for him. He was a very skillful cricket player. If any of you ever want to know what cricket's all about, I'd love to talk to you about it. But he was this very skillful cricket player. Actually, he played for England at cricket. He was one of the the best players in the world at the time. He became a very wealthy man. He had a lot of riches. And everybody would have looked at him and said, look at him. He was a man of privilege. Obviously, he's blessed. He's favored by God. Lots of people would have been envious. But yet, God did something in C.T. Studd's life that changed his life altogether, that he gave up being a cricketer right in his prime. He gave up his, his ability to earn wealth, and he took all his possessions, all his wealth, and he went to Africa. And he started telling people about Jesus in Africa. He set up a missionary organization that, that today many other organizations are because of what C.T. Studd did and what, and, and what he set up. But he would not have been able to do what he did unless he had had the success in his early life that he did because it gave him avenues in order to become the missionary that he was. And this is what he said. He said, how could I spend the best years of my life living for the honors of this world when thousands of souls are perishing every day? This was a guy who had everything on the outside. It looked like God was blessing him, but yet the road ahead for him was so much that not many people in this world would have been able to take it. So I say to you today, never question another person's blessing or favor because it may not seem fair. 
And it may not seem like God is being fair. But what God is doing, he is equipping them. And he is equipping you for greatness. And maybe you don't need the blessings that that person needs for what God is equipping you for. You see, for God has a plan for your life. You don't want to miss it. And right now, in this moment, no matter whether God is blessing you or not, he is equipping you for the plan that he has for your life. You see, Joseph had to learn a very quick lesson. And the lesson was humility. Because God required a humble man for the path that Joseph was about to take. And it was through these years of being blessed that he suddenly started to learn humility and not getting a big head about all these blessings. And he realized it was not always great to be the most blessed. And you may be looking at someone else and thinking, why am I not blessed as much as them? Why do they have everything? Trust me, when you get greatly blessed, it's not always as great as what you think. Because you never know what tomorrow may hold. Last thing I want to say to you today. What we learn from this story, God-given dreams affect more than just you. God-given dreams affect more than just you. In Genesis 37, verse 5, it says this. One night, Joseph had a dream. And when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, Joseph said. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around me and bowed low before my bundle. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is this, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. So Joseph had this dream. And the dream included his brothers and his father. And they came and bowed low before him. I'm not sure if at that time Joseph really knew what that dream was. But the dream didn't just include Joseph. It included other people. And those dreams and aspirations in your life that you have right now, maybe you want to go higher in your company. Maybe you want to start an organization. Maybe you want to do this and you want to do that. Those dreams and aspirations, you should ask yourself, who will they benefit? Who will they affect? Back over 15,000 years ago, there was a guy in Europe called Augustine. Augustine was from a place called Hippo. I mean, can you imagine like being from Hippo? I'm like, I would just move just for that. I would like move zip codes, so I just didn't have to write that on my address. But his name was Augustine. And Augustine lived a life that turned away from God. 
He tried to gain status in life, and he chased after many uh, different ways of life, different thoughts, different philosophies. He wanted to be seen as somebody in life. His dream was all about him. And as he started gaining more status in society, he realized that his dream was just flat and uninspiring. And at that point, when he realized that he had chased after his own dream and it still left him unsatisfied, he turned back to God. And God did an incredible thing in his life. And through this man, Augustine, he turned his dreams from being about him to being about God and others. And while many people question some of the theology of Augustine, and, you know, that there's things that he wrote that were good, some things that weren't so good. One thing about Augustine was this. He shaped theology for the Western world today. If it wasn't for Augustine, many of us would have a very strange and crooked view of God and the Bible. And it happened because he changed his thinking. He changed his dreams from being about him to being about God. And if your, God, if your dream is just about you, then it's probably not a God dream. You see, God-given dreams use you to help others. And failure to chase after that dream could cause eternal consequences for others. The pastor down in, in Florida who's got a big church, his name is Jim Rowley. And he said this, in reality, a dream that encompasses only self isn't that big of a dream. Those who dream only for themselves aren't really dreaming big. Dreams that are only self-serving and self-consumed are actually the smallest dreams of all. The biggest dreams, the best dreams, are the ones that will wind up including, influencing, and blessing others. You see, Joseph had two dreams, but he knew they weren't just about him. Joseph knew that a day was coming when people would need him. Where he would help others, where he would lead others. And he was right. If it wasn't for Joseph living his life and walking in the God-given dream that he had, Israel would have never existed. Millions of millions of people throughout history would have never existed. The Bible as we know it would have never existed. People like King David and King Solomon and Hezekiah and Daniel and Jonah would have never existed. In fact, Mary, the mother of Jesus, would have never been around. Jesus would have never given birth. People like Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, would have never been around. All because of Joseph's dream. So I ask you today, who is counting on you to dream big? Who in this world is counting on you to dream big? big? Who will be affected if you do not follow your God-given plan for your life? See, God has a plan for your life, and you don't want to miss it. And there could be millions of people out there who will miss it if you don't follow your God-given plan. You know, you may feel insignificant today. 
You may feel that you have nothing to offer. Yet God's plan for you will just blow your mind. It is greater. It is bigger. It is better. And it is more incredible than any of your own dreams. You may not like God's dream for your life in the beginning. But God's dream is great. And it will take you to a place where you will become great if you follow God's plan for your life. Ask the band if they want to come back. And as I close today, I want to say this. Stay close to the Father. Ask yourself, what benefits the Father? Realize that blessing or lack of blessing in your life is all about preparation and equipment. And equipping you for what God has dreamed for you. And know that God's plan for your life is so much more than just you. There are other people who are relying on God's plan for your life. So maybe you're going through a time of confusion right now. Maybe it's time of, a time of blessing. Maybe it's a time of heartache. Maybe you're feeling that God is trying to say something to you then draw near to God. Fix your eyes on Jesus and get ready for he's about to share his dream and his plan with you. So are you positioned to hear the plan of God for your life? Are you in a place like Joseph, ready to see the dreams that God has planned for you. For God has a plan for your life. And you don't want to miss it. Because this world, on its own, with our own dreams and aspirations, it just falls flat. But when we live following the plan and the direction of God, it turns us into ordinary from ordinary people into people who could save a nation like Joseph. And so today, what we're going to do, we're going to stand, we're going to sing as we close the service today. And we're going to sing about opening our heart up to God. And I encourage you, open your heart up to God. As we sing, if you want to just raise your hands just as an act, the Bible says it's just an act to surrender unto God, then raise your hands. Say, God, I'm ready to receive from you. I'm ready to hear from you. I'm ready to know what your plan is for my life. And when you do that, your life will change completely.